Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We've been talking about this a lot. The job market is extremely tough. It saturated the news about how tough um, the employment or lack of employment numbers are in the U.S. and the world. When a professional goes in for a job interview, the stakes are really high, probably higher than ever, and things aren't getting any easier. Professionals today are facing off against new competitors for a shrinking number of jobs. They've got to scramble in a Google-paced world where the rules can change as fast as a text message. They desperately need an edge, but they're also busy. They don't have time for a Tomei on the fine art of interviewing. They don't have the patience for Dr. Seuss-style books best suited to college students seeking their first job. They need a survival guide. So today we have the author of The Underground Guide to Job Interviewing, a quick and irreverent primer for the working professional. So today it's really tips for the working professional rather than the kids that are just coming out uh, or graduating from college this year, but um, I'm sure that there are a lot of skills that Todd can share that will apply to them as well. Welcome, Todd. Thank you so much, Cindy. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Why don't you tell us all what you talked about on Fox TV? Uh, well, uh, Fox TV wanted to know uh, what some of the key things were to avoid uh, in doing an interview. And uh, so what I did was I gave them the five uh, top mistakes to avoid in an interview. And, uh, and they were pretty simple. They were common sense, but that's what goes into um, a good job interview. It's things such as uh, making sure you prepare for the interview and don't wing it, because one has to prepare for anything that's important, and nothing is more important than a job interview. Second thing is you can't be late. I've seen even very sophisticated people, because I'm an executive recruiter and I work with some pretty high-level people and I prepare them for jobs, I've never seen anyone be even a minute late and go on to get the job, no matter what the circumstances or excuses were. So you can't be late. A strange thing, and we can go into this more later if you'd like, uh, a lot of folks think that they should ask how much the job pays during an interview, but that's about the worst thing you can do, even though it's a perfectly logical question. Um, you've also got to walk into an interview uh, not vague and unfocused, 
but with a list, at least in your mind, of open-ended questions that you want to ask about the job and the responsibilities and the company and that sort of thing. And the last thing is, and it all goes back to uh, preparation, is you've got to be concise. You've got to know what your goals are. And certainly, um, if you're asked a question and you don't know the answer, don't make up an answer and don't exaggerate because uh, that's just uh, like walking into an empty elevator shaft. No, I, well, listen, these are good por- pertinent points, and I think that we should refer to them throughout the show. That's your um, baseline and very important for people to know. It, yes, it's, it really intrigues me sometimes when people come into an interview, and this is me from the interviewer side, and they say, you know, well, how much does this job pay? Right. I, you know, um, we you know, I, I think it's, yeah, well, sure, exactly. And, uh, you know, this is not a subject to be discussed until the employer is ready to discuss it. Am I right? Absolutely. I mean, there, it is important and there is a time that that comes up, but it's unfortunate. But one of the things that one has to do when you're in an interview situation is you have to realize that you don't have all the power although the book that I've written hopes to give the interviewee, the job candidate, a little bit more power than he or she thinks they have. But still, it's up to the employer to decide uh, what they are going to offer to you and when they're going to broach that subject. You just have to wait for that to happen. And the employer or the interviewer might indeed ask you for your salary history anyway. So if they're asking you for your salary history, if you have one, <laughs> and um, you know they're seeing you, they do have an idea of you know what your range is if they really want you. You know that is true. They generally have an idea in mind, uh, but uh, questions about compensation, you know, are fraught with uh, uh, with downsides. So just like anything else in a job interview, you really need to prepare ahead of time. Uh, there are two types of questions about compensation. The one is the one that you raise, which is what's your salary history or what are you making now. Um, it's not necessarily a welcome question, but it's a perfectly reasonable one for the employer, and you just have to answer it uh, and answer it honestly. Then there's the other question, which is how much money are you looking for? And even when not raised by the candidate, uh, when that question is asked, that's a little bit more difficult to answer. And uh, we can certainly talk about that, but my general advice to people is that when they're asked how much money they're looking for in an interview, to try to avoid answering it at all costs. Oh, okay. So, you know, what, you know, what should they say? I mean, should they say that you know, I'm really here for discovery. I mean, what's, what do you suggest are the right answers when that money question comes up then? Uh, that is a great question. Well, there are two kinds of situations. Uh, there's the one situation where someone is uh, set up for an interview by a recruiting agency like mine. Um, and there are many kinds of recruiting agencies for all types of jobs. Um, in that situation, when the recruiter has arranged the interview, you've got an easy out if you're the job candidate. You say, well, Sally Jones of the uh, Apple agency uh, set me up for the interview, and she said that if the subject of compensation came up, she would like to discuss that with you. So if it's okay with you, I'd like to refer that to Sally as she requests. Right, because that's the recruiter's job pretty much to negotiate. So that makes sense. Sure. And the employer understands that, and the employer will just move on to the next question. But, 
you know, more commonly, uh, folks are in their own interview because they've applied directly. So how do you answer that question, or specifically, how do you avoid answering that question? And I suggest three things that a person should do in their answer to that question. First, you've got to concede that compensation is, of course, a factor that anyone is thinking of. But then quickly talk about two or three things that you're looking for right now that are equally, if not more important than the compensation, such as the job responsibilities, things you found out about the company that make it attractive, the, the need to work with people who are interesting in the collegial atmosphere. And then the final and third point is to say something like, look, I, I know that if you think that I'm qualified and a good member of the team, you'll make a reasonable offer, and I would be happy to consider any reasonable offer. And that usually will satisfy the employer enough to move on to another question. Yeah, well, see, it's just like media interviewing, Todd. It's like bridging and transitioning, right? Right. <laughs> we had the conversation about media training. It's the same kind of thing. That's right. Well, you were very helpful uh, in helping me prepare for my uh, Fox broadcast because no matter where one is in their profession, uh, there are always other professionals out there who can give you great advice. And so I really appreciated your giving me your thoughts as a successful PR person uh, as to um, how to respond to questions uh, on TV. But fundamentally, it's exactly the same. It's preparing ahead of time and knowing what you want to say and preparing enough so that when you do say it, you say it in as concise and, and a simply understood way as possible. Now, you know, you, I know that you're giving us some tips here, point by point, and reviewing some of the things that you said in your TV interview. But, you know, overall, you say it's really important for a candidate to prepare for an interview. What do you tell the candidate to do? I mean, you know, do they research the company? Do they, you know, throw themselves in a library of history if it's a long-established history? I mean, what, what do you tell people to do? Well, there are really two main types of preparation. First of all, there's internal preparation, and then there's external preparation. Internal preparation has to do with you yourself, which is what are your goals, what are you seeking to do? Do you really need to make a job change? Now, obviously, we're in a tough economy right now, even though we're supposedly in recovery from the Great Recession and people are unemployed. So if you're unemployed, of course you need a job. But a lot of people are currently employed, and I uh, very much encourage them to think twice and then several times more about whether they should make a move. What is it that's prompting you to look around and try to get a new job? Uh, and is it something that you uh, absolutely can't resolve uh, in your current job? Because in this atmosphere, you do not want to make a job change that's absolutely unnecessary. And if you make the wrong job change and it doesn't work out, you have more movement on your resume. And with so many uh, qualified people uh, competing for a smaller number of jobs, the last thing you need is to have unnecessary movement on your resume because employers look for stability on a resume. So first decide what it is you really want to do in life. What do you want to do when you grow up? And that should color your decision as to whether or not you're even going to begin the interview process. 
But now let's talk about, you know, you, you've actually started the interview process. So what do you do? Well, you go to external preparation. And that means, first of all, um, you've got to research the job responsibilities. Now, normally if you apply for a job, there'll be some sort of job description. Sometimes they're very well written and detailed, and that's great, but just as often they're very sketchy. And so what you have to do is try to figure out what the job is about. If the job uh, description is sketchy, let's say, then do some work on the Internet and look at some other companies that have similar jobs and similar job descriptions and see what the way that they describe the job. And if, if worse comes to worse, sit down with whatever information you have about the, uh, uh, the job and then sort of extrapolate, kind of take what is described and see if you can come up with other aspects that would be involved in the job. Because the more you know about what the job is, the more intelligent questions you can ask when you get into the interview situation. And also with that, of course, is not only researching the job description, but researching the company or the firm that you're interviewing with as much as you can. And fortunately, we live in the information age. There's just a ton of information available on the Internet. A lot of companies, public and private, uh, have their own websites. That's a great start, but just do a Google search. Uh, there are official job sites such as Hoover's. Uh, on the web that will tell you uh, a lot about a company. There's, of course, the library and people there that can help you. Uh, do whatever you can. Uh, and, of course, there are social media tools such as LinkedIn that may tell you something about the company or people who work there. So these are all the things that you want to do uh, to initially prepare for the interview, and that's the informational part. Then, of course, you've got the interview scheduled, and you're actually going to prepare for what you're going to say and what you're going to uh, be uh, asked. And that's, of course, another part of the interview and uh, of the preparation. And well, listen, what... um, I'm sorry that I have to be rude and, um, and tell you that we have a commercial break and ask you if we could continue this after we're finished with the commercial break. Um, but we'll go back to where we left off, Todd, in just a second. And... Um, just come back and hear more from Todd Moster, who is talking about his new book, The Underground Guide to Job Interviewing, a quick and irreverent primer for the working professional. If you have not listened to the first part of this show, please go back to the beginning because there's a lot of points that can really, really help you out, particularly if you're in the job market. Stand by. Don't go away. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn 
saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back, and we're talking about the new book, The Underground Guide to Job Interviewing, A Quick and Irreverent Primer for the Working Professional by Todd Moster. Um, Todd, I had to interview, I had to interview, no, I had to interrupt you during the last segment, and, um, you know, I wanted to go back. We were talking about preparing internally for a job, you know, kind of a summary of your own goals and what you're looking for, and then externally, which is doing the research about the company, and we were talking about how that got a little easier in a Google-based world. Um, you, you know, do you want to continue and wrap up that point? Uh, well, I, I think that we uh, have pretty much finished the, the research phase, and I'm so glad that you're asking about preparation because that's really the most important part of any interview. You know, more people... Uh, actually put more time preparing for a weekend out of town or for a hot date than they do uh, for a job interview. And that's a huge mistake. Uh, when you think about it, a new job is really an important aspect of your life. You may be working 8 to 12 hours a day with these people, perhaps for months, for years, maybe for decades. You'll be taking on a new family. And the thought of not preparing in depth by doing your research and other things is, uh, is just a ridiculous thought. So once you've done the research that we've discussed, then comes the time when you prepare for the actual interview. And the biggest mistake you can make in that regard is something that we all can do, which is we all think that we know what we do, we know what our skills are, we know what our experience is, and we think we can just naturally talk about it. We think, well, okay, I'll just go in and I'll be myself and we'll see how things go. And that's a disaster if you do that. Anyone uh, who is good at something will not only uh, prepare, but they will also rehearse. So the night before a job interview, if not before, you want to take out your resume, you want to set it down on the table or the desk, and you want to look at it as if for the first time. And then you want to think about how you would describe to another person what you do without any lingo, without any technical terms, in simple terms, in a way that they would understand it. Uh, the example that I often use with candidates that I train for their interviews is imagine as if you were explaining what you do in your job to a very intelligent 10th grader who has no idea or experience with what you do. So how would you explain it in simple terms, as interesting as possible, and in, in such a way that uh, they won't get bored or roll their eyes while you're saying that? And if you can do that, uh, you're, you're in good shape. 
another way of looking at it is let's say that uh, um, you're trying to explain how to drive a car to a person from a desert island who knows about cars but has never driven a car. Well, most of us drive cars and we know what we do, but there's a lot of complex things and we really haven't thought about it for a while. So you would actually have to think about it ahead of time and, and get it back into simple terms. Well, what do you do? You get in, you get behind the wheel, there's two pedals, you steer, you got to look around. Again, it, it's just a matter of thinking ahead of time how you're going to explain something, and then you're going to be in good shape. So that's the first thing that you want to do. The second thing that you want to do is anticipate uh, the kinds of questions that you want to ask when you uh, go into the interview. Um, and that's an area all of in itself, is um, you want to go into any interview with at least 10 to 15, if not more, open-ended questions uh, that you want to ask about the job responsibilities and the company and that type of thing. Now, you actually don't want to go in with any written notes, but what I really recommend is people actually type out or write out the questions that they're going to ask because that will get the juices flowing. And even if you don't ask those exact questions, you'll be attuned, you'll be interested, and the uh, interviewer will know that you're an engaging, inquisitive person. And by contrast, the worst thing you can do is to go into an interview and not ask any questions. Besides the going in and asking how much does a job pay, the other thing that automatically dings most people from consideration is being asked, well, do you have any other questions about the job or any questions? And the person saying, no, you've been so thorough, I don't have any questions. You may not know it, but if you say something like that, you're out. So, and why uh, is that? Pardon me? And why is that, Todd? If you, um, you know, I'm just curious. I mean, you know, what is it from the interviewer's mindset that dismisses that? I've asked interviewers that. And I get different answers, but most of them say that if a candidate doesn't really ask any questions, uh, it reflects a lack of interest in the job, and they don't want to hire someone who's not interested in the job. Or it may indicate someone who is not uh, inquisitive or intellectually curious. It may indicate someone who's a lump on the log. It may even indicate someone who's very passive. And unless you're looking to hire a passive cog, sometimes there are jobs for people like that, uh, you will exclude yourself from consideration. So, again, it, it's one of those things that it, it's just an innocent mistake that can be remedied from a lack of preparation. Some people will say something like that, hey, I, I don't have any questions because you've been so thorough, because they don't want to impose on the interviewer's time and they want to be polite. But by doing that, they're actually creating a negative impression that with simple preparation and common sense, you can easily avoid. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, I have to tell you, Todd, that you're, you make your points very, very well. And I think, I hope that your book really helps a lot of people, you know, at least groom themselves and prepare better for, you know, the interview process because it is intense. I mean, you're, you're basically in a contest. Correct. You, you, you are in a contest, and, uh, and there's no question about it, you're seeking something from the interviewer. On the other hand, though, uh, what is a job interview? 
it really is just another form of a business meeting, an, an intense business meeting, but a business meeting nonetheless. You're discussing a potential uh, relationship uh, in a business sense between you and another person or company. And like any business meeting, the more you know about uh, the other party you're dealing with and the more preparation you do, the better you'll be. And the whole purpose of the Underground Guide to Job Interviewing is in a really simple way to get people to understand this fact, to understand that an interview is a two-way process, that the job candidate brings value to the table as well. And if you do your preparation, you can actually go in and not only perform well at the interview, but interview your interviewer and decide if that opportunity and those people are a good fit for you because you're worth something and you want to make sure that you make the right decision as well. Well, no, and I, and I think that's very, very important. You, you make such good points. I think the point that it's it's so important people prepare for trips and people prepare you know for parties and they prepare for dates they certainly prepare for weddings but this is like a wedding i mean you could potentially get married to an employer that well i think marriage is a uh, a really accurate term as is divorce they both apply unfortunately uh to the job situation but uh uh, it's, it's not unusual to spend as much or more time with your work colleagues as you do with your spouse. So it requires every bit as much preparation, but uh, fortunately, um, I guess you don't have to spend a lot of money on a tux or a wedding gown. So I guess that's one advantage. No, but you job. should have a good suit, right? Let's talk a little bit about appearance mm-hmm. and how a person should look during an interview, because I think particularly the millennial set gets a little sloppy these days. I agree with you. And um, there are um, a lot of things out there on the web and among various consultants in terms of uh, what one should wear to an interview. And obviously, we live in a more informal age. I think it's one of the um, consequences of the dot-com era is that we've gone more informal. And I personally don't have a problem with it, except that it doesn't, in my opinion, apply to the interview situation. Some consultants will actually say that since the dress code in some places is more informal, you should try to find out what their dress code is and go in with something uh, consistent with that. So if everybody there dresses in nice shirt and khaki pants or uh, uh, that sort of thing, that you should go in that way. I totally disagree. I think that one should dress conservatively for an interview. So with men or women, uh, a good suit uh, or a nice dress or something like that, something that you would wear to a business meeting. And let's uh, talk about the worst possible scenario. Let's say you're going into uh, a dot-com environment, and so there you are in your nice suit, and and you're talking to some uh, person in, in jeans and a shirt, and they even make fun of you a little bit. That's fine. They will know, even if as they're making fun of you, that you've dressed up as a gesture of respect and that so. you care. And, and you can't go wrong by dressing up. No, I, I agree with you entirely. And, I, you know, you and I, during our pre-interview process, talked about a lot of mistakes that we see um, or things that are, you know, that the millennial um, set, just do because they don't know any differently because traditional business has certainly changed. I mean, it's, you know, it's become a dot-com world and, you know, 
babies who are millennials now grew up with a laptop and their play pens, and they pushed buttons for immediate response. They knew how to communicate through technology before they knew how to talk, and that trains them to be in a different mindset when it comes to the job market. Uh, that is so correct. And yet, no matter how sophisticated we get technologically, certain rules are always in effect. And the most important one, and uh, we could be having this interview a thousand years from now, uh, it has to do with common sense and communications and respect. And, uh, you know, no matter what the situation, um, it, it doesn't hurt to treat uh, the other person in a business meeting uh, with respect and to apply fundamental rules that basically apply with uh, the customs of the day. And right now, at least in the United States and in most countries, the custom is you, you dress up for an interview, you respect people's time, you be organized, you know what you want to say, uh, so that you can communicate as effectively as possible. And when you think about it, the one aspect that you find in all successful people is uh, the ability to think clearly and communicate clearly. And where else should one demonstrate those abilities more than in a job interview? Exactly right. So here's the question, and then we'll have to end this segment. And believe me, I have plenty to ask you in the next one, if you could stay on. Well, you know, sometimes an interviewee will have, you know, a situation. Um, something came up in their life. Um, they didn't get a good night's sleep. They're not really feeling good. They're not at the best of their game. You know, should they say that at the beginning of the interview just so that, I mean, what's the you know, interviewers' response to that. It, should you be honest or should you just sweat it through and, you know, give it your best shot? That's a great question. And what I often tell people when I'm preparing them for interviews is that I'm going to be giving them advice that has been proven true and useful over time. But there are always exceptions to general rules, and they're going to be there in the trenches. Uh, seeing what's going on, and sometimes there's, there are several correct and different ways to do something, and they have to make the decision at the time. So, you know, if you've got a 102-degree fever and you're literally sweating, well, probably not a bad idea to make reference to that uh, so that they don't know that you're just a nervous sweater uh, and also so that they uh, don't get infected or whatever. So, I would say that if you're feeling really sick or something just happened, say a tragedy in your life or something, uh, it's, it's something you really got to decide. But if you want to make oblique reference to it, um, I think that's okay. But remember that most people, um, I hate to say it, are not really that interested in knowing about other people's baggage, at least in a job interview situation. And they're more interested in getting to the subject of the meeting which is your qualifications. So if it's not absolutely relevant or obvious, um, then I would say try to power through it. Okay, well, that's very good advice. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll have one more segment with you, Todd. You've been doing great, very, very useful information. Um, I'm going to ask you some questions about your experiences in the search arena. We're going to talk about 
you know, etiquette and follow-up and why you shouldn't do a text message and a little bit about your background, you know, going from attorney, prosecuting attorney to, you know, um, recruitment in the legal field. So stand by and we'll have more with Todd Monster. Really, really great show. If you missed some of the beginning, go back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. We're in our final segment with Todd Moster, who's discussing a quite timely topic. The, he wrote his book, The Underground Guide to Job Interviewing. So, Todd, what made you decide to write this book? Uh, well, I've uh, been in the uh, recruiting business for uh, about 14 years and uh, have had my own company since 2008. And one thing that I've always made uh, a special point of doing is to prepare my candidates thoroughly when I send them out uh, for interviews. And, in fact, I'm notorious for uh, the perfectionism that I show during my uh, preparation time. And uh, so many of my candidates, as I browbeat them, uh, to uh, interview properly would say, you know what, Todd, you should put together your, your techniques and put them into book form and make them accessible to more people. And I heard that so often over the years that I finally decided to do it. Uh, but I also wanted to make sure that I just didn't add to what's already out there. And so I looked at the books that are out there in, in bookstores and in the library on job interviews. And uh, many of them are very, very good but I did find that they're often very long and either over-comprehensive or just too narrow. Um, but they didn't seem to fit a lot of the people that I work with who are just really impatient and very busy and on the go, and they don't want to be spoon-fed, and they don't want to be preached to, and they don't need to know you know, the whole thing about job interviewing from the times of the, uh, of the Greeks to the present. And so what I did was I took my method 
uh, and I tried to put it into book form, make it entertaining so that it would be easily digested, read maybe in one or two sittings, and then uh, be available as a reference guide. And so that was the genesis of the Underground Guide to Job Interviewing. Well, well, there you go. And now you have it, and you are a fund user of Create Space. Correct. Um, I uh, self-published my book. It's my first book, and I used a company called Create Space, which is owned uh, by Amazon. And uh, Create Space uh, works with you, and uh, it's basically your book, but they have uh, a suite of services available, such as formatting your book and helping you with creating a cover and illustrations and that sort of thing. And uh, uh, it was a very positive experience for me, um, and so put the book together, and uh, uh, the book is available uh, either in, as a soft cover or in uh, Kindle and also uh, just general um, as an e-book format and other formats that people use. Well, no, and, you know, whereas the digital um, capabilities worked out for you and publishing this fine book, um, you shouldn't really use digital in text form to thank your interviewer for a fine time together. Correct. It, well, it depends on what you're, how you're describing digital. Uh, if, uh, if digital means that you're sending a thank you note to your interviewer by text message, and I know we were talking about this the other day, I absolutely agree with you. You do not send a thank you note or any communication to a prospective employer by text message. We're just not there yet. It's considered a little bit too forward, uh, a little bit invasive. Um, on the other hand, if digital means email, email is very much ingrained in American business practices these days, and in fact is almost expected. So after you interview uh, at a job, you absolutely want to send a thank you note. And if you want to send it by email, that's perfectly fine. You can also send it by conventional snail mail, but just make sure you do it very quickly and regardless of the, the media that you use for the thank you note, make sure that it is brief um, and that it is warm and yet at a little bit of a distance so it's, it's business-like. And make sure it's not fawning um, uh, or too needy, just a nice, pleasant thank you business letter. Now, I think that's important. People tend to get tricked. They think they have a relationship with somebody and they'll, go, you know, they'll, they'll get personal rather than professional and that can hurt. Yes, I totally agree. And many of us can get misled during the course of an interview because remember that many people who conduct interviews uh, aren't professionals at conducting interviews, and they may not be very good at it. And some people, um, and I call them in my book the interview teasers, are so warm during an interview, they get to the point of saying, here's where your office is going to be, and here's where your secretary, or there's where your parking space would be. And it's just their way of communicating with people, and they just happen to be warm people. But if you're a normal person like you or I, one may think that, boy, I've got this job done, and I'm going to send this person a warmer-than-usual note. Don't make that mistake. Just do it in a nice, arm's-length business fashion, and you can't go wrong. Oh, I agree. You shouldn't be saying, well, I really like that office, but do you think that I could change the green chair for the red one? 
<laughs> and believe it or not, some people will actually say things like that. I know, I know. I've seen it. It's it's just for me. It's it's been interesting because I'm not by any means, you know, a, a recruiting professional. But you know, had so many opportunities to interview people for potential jobs. You know, whether it was on the corporate side or when I became an entrepreneur, and I, the, again, the things that I've seen have just astounded me, particularly in about circa 2006 when I wasn't as up to speed um, which, with digital platforms as the millennials were, okay? And I was just shocked. And, I, you know, I knew that technology was changing, but I also knew instinctually that this was not an appropriate medium to communicate through. Um, I had interviewed somebody for a position in a PR firm that I was consulting with, and she started communicating with me via MySpace, and I didn't even have a MySpace page. <laughs> this right. is when MySpace was the Facebook of the day, right? So, you know, whereas I understood that the world was changing and that, you know, millennials were using platforms as a regular form, a standard form of communication, I just knew that that wasn't right for, you know, a job, thank you. And, and that's such a great example because what that person was showing when she decided to communicate to you in that way was that she was making assumptions about the person that she was dealing with that she had no basis for making and that she was not thinking ahead. Uh, and so, you know, in that way, she was actually showing that she probably wasn't the right person for that job because how you communicate... Um, I, I think that there was that book, Marshall McLuhan, in the 60s, The Media is the Message. Right, Sometimes right. Sometimes the media is the message, because how you choose to communicate tells you something about yourself. And if it's not an appropriate way to do it, or not appropriate for the person or the timing, then you've indicated that you're not qualified for the position. No, I, I think that's absolutely right. And um, although, you know, I do think to that point, and MySpace was an extreme example, I think when people are doing a job search these days, and I'll end at this point um, because we're getting to the end of this segment, um, people do have to know how to use social media platforms like LinkedIn um, to market themselves for a possible position. And how do you coach people there, Todd? That's uh, a, a great point, yes. Social media is a wonderful research tool. Uh, and uh, we were talking about that some things stay the same now or a thousand years from now. One of those will be networking and knowing people. And uh, that's still the best way to find a job is networking as opposed to answering classified ads or even working with a recruiter. And uh, a tool like LinkedIn, let's say you're interested in a company, well, go look at the company and do a search and see who works there and see if either you know or are somehow connected through another person to someone who works at the company. And if so, you've got a connection in uh, not only to find some intelligence about the company, but maybe to get um, a warm intro. So you definitely want to use social media tools to expand your network beyond the people that you know uh, to try to get some warm introductions and uh, more information. And, of course, uh, LinkedIn and uh, other social media tools also do uh, have, say, job listings. 
and I've talked to a bunch of people who use LinkedIn and say it's great for finding out about job opportunities. So both conventionally and in terms of uh, new media style networking, uh, social media and Internet tools are to be used and recommended. All right. Well, listen, you've given me a fantastic show. For those that are listening in the Los Angeles area, um, you could see me and Todd at an author's forum that is taking place next week on May 2nd. Um, You do have to RSVP. You can't just go in. Um, And uh, if you want more information about it, you could contact me at Cindy at brpublicrelations.com, and I will be share. I will be happy to share um, the RSVP information and logistics. And um, Todd, do you want to give the website on where people can buy the Underground Guide? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the The Underground Guide is uh, available on uh, Amazon.com. So all you need to do is go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com if that's your choice and put in a search for the Underground Guide to Job Interviewing and uh, it'll come right up. And uh, I uh, deliberately priced it uh, so that it's accessible to all people. So it's only $500 per copy. Mm-hmm. That's actually just a joke. I know. Um, it's uh, funny. It's- it's, and maybe not too funny, but it's actually very inexpensive. Uh, it is uh, $12.99, and I think Amazon has marked it down and less on Kindle. So thank you for asking. Um, I think it should be a useful tool, not only for experienced workers, but also even for people out of college, because the principles of a good interview apply across the board. All right. Well, again, thank you for spending the time. Good luck with the book. I'm going to see you next week at the Authors Forum. I'm very much looking forward to that. And um, you have a great day. And um, listen, everybody, I will be on the air with you next week. We have an exciting show, Old Hollywood meets, you know, New Film Fest, and there will be a variety of guests. So tune in next week and be safe, everybody, this weekend. Take care. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.